You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time: The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. City slicker, you know, the, the 404, that kind of thing? Or are you like, I'm going to eat Waffle House every morning and live and, and like listen to Outcast? In the country. Yeah. 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 I don't know. Well, I don't know. Weird. I can't, I can't get like a good, I don't know. I do like his hats though. I will say that. Yeah. And he, he's like, I, he's like a skinny Frank Caliendo to me. <laughs> um, which every time I see him, I think about that and like wonder if he does like a John Gruden voice or something. Welcome to an ACC podcast. I'm Lauren Brownlow. Uh, getting into week 12 a little bit early this time because Thursday night football is back in the ACC. I actually kind of missed it, weirdly. Um, I was not a fan of the Friday night stuff, but Thursday night I can kind of get with, um, especially since the NFL games are usually trash <laughs> um, on that night. And, <laughs> and joining me to preview uh, week 12 is Grace Rayner, return guest from The Athletic, who covers Clemson. Um, it's, it's funny, uh, my producer, who is becoming like an invaluable source of like, hey, you should think about XYZ for me. He sort of came to me after this like early week podcast and was like, we've talked so much about Clemson like in the past couple of weeks with other writers. Like it's probably about time to get the Clemson perspective. I actually feel somewhat cheated that the college football playoff committee didn't do something crazy with Clemson last night so that we I know <laughs> like part of me was half expecting uh, Clemson to be like five. Um, but the trolling only went one week and Clemson is arguably where they should have been should have been a week ago um is how how are people feeling now about where clemson's at in the college football playoff their third behind lsu and ohio state ohio state became the first number one to drop a spot without losing um considering how mad their fans were in my mentions uh based on my my a my ap vote which by the way literally does not matter guys just just to educate everyone, like it's just it's just, just a, a meaningless poll. <laughs> yeah, um, you hate to see it, but no, I mean, look, I moved LSU ahead of Clemson in my poll actually this week. I had Clemson number one for a while and moved them down after LSU's big win. But how do how do Clemson people feel about where they're at? I mean, I think that five being in the fifth spot, I think obviously is a way different feeling than where they're at now, right? Sure. Wait, so you got yelled at by Clemson fans for moving them behind LSU this week? No, 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 no. I got yelled at by Ohio State fans oh, for okay, having, okay, 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 for having them exactly where they were. I was just I saying gotcha. you hate you hate to see them move down in the college football playoff. Uh, you really really do uh based on based on how their fans were um 
super by the way super great debating skills by them basically okay. calling um everybody who had them in third place a holes and the c word so that wow. was super good oh my god um Jeez. but that was not gender specific so i felt like weirdly we're moving forward like weirdly validated call, <laughs> right we can, you can call a group of us all c words and the last time ohio state fans were in my mentions it was about me being mad that urban meyer had the audacity to call what they went through last year with zach smith and everything else like adversity that should somehow get them into the playoff wow. so Jeez. at least yeah, we've moved are- on from like blatant misogyny to just being mad about a poll I once had um, a Mississippi State fan when I used to vote in the poll. This is a story that probably doesn't matter, but just random aside. Um, tried like he, he yelled at me on Twitter, which is fine. He yelled at me on email, which is fine. And then he tried to send me a friend request on Facebook so that he could keep yelling at me. And I was that's when I was like, okay, private life. This is where we draw the line. That's a lot. I was actually, and it's funny. I was actually saying today how, at least for me, um, SEC fans have remarkably been like actually the most well-adjusted group because Ooh. they. Well, they actually are the one fan base I feel like pretty consistently that'll be like, hey, why did you vote this way? You know, do you mind me asking? Whatever. I guess it's that Southern politeness. I don't know. But like for the <laughs> for like the bad rap <laughs> that they get, like I had Alabama lower than most. Their fans, because they understand how this works, did not say anything to me. That's um, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So I was, you know, Kentucky fans have been lovely in the past, like last year in the poll, just like, hey, why'd you have us here? And then I'd explain it and they'd be like, oh, okay, cool. Well, you know, just wanted you to keep us in mind. Like, oh. I, I, was, I know. I was like, oh, man, you guys get a bad rap. Y'all aren't crazy. You're very yeah. nice. <laughs> That's yeah. I always appreciate like when they come when they used to come at me politely, I'd be like, sure, here's my thought process. Right. But if you call me an a-hole, I'm going to yeah, make fun of you here. online. Yeah, yes. no. Um, but yeah, I guess, it, it, do you think Dabo's maybe even a little bit upset that they don't have the slight of being put in fifth? <laughs> Man, I mean, I will tell you, when they when they were five the first week, uh, it was weird. Dabo was like probably the most chill I've ever seen him in my three years of covering them. He was just very, you know, he actually missed the release because it was his mom's birthday and they were having cake. And we talked to him the next day and he was just like, very zen, like straight out of a yoga class zen. But online, Clemson fans were like about to burn Twitter to the ground. I mean, you probably saw it. It was just like they were just fuming mad that Alabama got the nod ahead of them, blah, blah, blah. But this week, it seems to be very normal. Like I think Clemson fans understood and knew that reasonably they would be at three. I think they understand LSU, Ohio State both have better wins. Um, They seem to be back down to planet earth now but last week on twitter it was a um it was a little bit of a dumpster fire so regardless of what Dabo was sort of saying do you think that that's something that like that team took a little bit personally or or that they used it in a good way or or did it really just not matter to them at all Oh, yeah. I mean, after it happened, I and I, I still believe this. I really genuinely believe that Dabo Sweeney was the happiest coach in college football after it happened that first week. <laughs> <laughs> because he, you, you know, the knock on Clemson has been that nobody wants to hear their underdog card. Nobody wants to hear little old Clemson or the rest of y'all bus when they're destroying people and they just beat Alabama in the national championship by 28 points on down the line, et cetera, et cetera. Now, when the playoff committee puts them puts the defending national champs with a, an undefeated record winning by, I think at the time, 32 and a half points per game at number five, they can, Dabo can whip that card out and it have some legitimacy, you know, it could mean something. And so, oh yeah, I think he was stoked to, uh, 
to use that as motivation and to to remind his guys kind of this is what they think of you um you know they don't harp on it a lot and and he said that he didn't even really tell them like you know they saw they're on social media and you know they saw the rankings on tv and all that stuff so he didn't really have to give some you know really powerful speech but i do think that he was pretty stoked to have a little bit of a a chip on the shoulder that that he could use in a legitimate way yeah and um they get wake this week in a game that seemed way more meaningful um, <laughs> a couple weeks ago. And yeah. again, this this is like no fault of Clemson's. That's the thing. Like this isn't it's not their fault that they lost Sage Surratt and that they're a little banged up defensively and have been for a couple weeks now. Um, it's But this, you know, this isn't the wake team that I think we all thought they'd be seeing um, even as few as a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I mean, and that and, and that has been uh, the thing that I think maybe sometimes gets lost in the mix is. Yeah, as you just said, Clemson can't control these things. It's not their fault that Texas A&M, you know, went on to fall out of the poll. It's not their fault that the ACC is kind of a mess. You know, I mean, Dabo was even saying, I guess it was last week, he was saying, if this is about the on-field product, I really don't know what else we could do. So, you're right. I mean, but those two things can also simultaneously coexist. They They can be destroying people and beating them by 30 plus points while still acknowledging, hey, this schedule is not great. And especially this weight game is not as exciting as we thought. Yeah. And look, I mean, and, and by the way, it really, really, really stinks that Sage Surratt is out. I know at least at one point, I, I don't know if he still was, he was leading the country in receiving yards, just really fun to watch. Um, and I guess they're going to be without Washington as well, wide receiver. We just figured out before we started recording. Dang. Yeah. I was reading Connor's report and yeah, it said that. I guess he had I, I, I didn't follow his ankle injury but I guess he got hurt during NC State and then was in a boot right before Virginia Tech so okay yeah that makes sense Ugh. yeah I mean it was and, literally just just this week Dabo was talking about how this trio of wide receivers is the best that Clemson will see all year and he just went on and on and on about these wide receivers and about how every time he turns on the tape he thinks that's not going to be complete and then it's complete because they make a crazy play and now that they're out now that they don't have two of the three of them that's a bummer big time for weight. It's a weird phenomenon. And and uh, it, like when teams play Clemson, I think you see, especially ACC teams, you see them approach it one of two ways. They, they, they're, especially if they're at home, I think they want to empty the kitchen sink, so to speak, give them their best shot, see what they can do, you know, pull out the bag of tricks, whatever they can do. Like Carolina did, like Louisville did for at least a little bit. Um, just give them their best shot. And then I think you also see teams, maybe like, for instance, a Wake Forest, um, banged up that they're, it's not like they're not going to try, but maybe they're going to sort of tamp it down a little bit and not play some guys quite as long as they would have normally, especially once Clemson gets out to a lead. Right. Is that what you sort of see when you see teams play Clemson? Yeah. I always wondered, this has been like, at some point someone should do a story on this, just like how you, and maybe even do it retroactively because no coach and obviously in college football ahead of the game is going to say, yeah, we're just going to, yank everyone so that we can stay alive. But I mean, you look at, especially on the other side of the ball, like Clemson is a lot of times Trevor Lawrence is done after the first series of the second half, you know, I mean, he's played two quarters and some change the last couple of weeks, but yeah, I, I think that when you play Clemson and you know, you know the, the odds are, <laughs> the odds are not great for you to beat them. I mean, especially with these teams that have some more things to play for, 
I think that's a legitimate question. Do you preserve some of your health so that your bigger picture is still intact? I'm just trying to think of it. Like, is there a legit team? Is there a legit coastal team that could play against Clemson that would give Clemson like any sort of a boost? Not that they're going to need it, but, you know, a team that they could, I don't know if it's Miami because of their name or even Virginia Tech because of theirs, but like, I don't know if, if there is a best case scenario for them in terms of like who they could play in the coastal that would give them a little bit of a boost going into, you know, the selection. Yeah. I mean, I still think about this to this day about how truly bananas it was that Clemson got a six and six pit team in their conference championship last year. Like that just, that just boggles my mind in a way that I can't really articulate. Yeah, it was that team was not all that great, but. <laughs> I mean, like you look at the SEC championship and like the winner, this this is essentially a play in game, you know, I mean, if presumably if it's Georgia LSU, you know, you think, okay, the winner goes and even if LSU loses, they probably still go. I mean, they probably still go. You look at, I don't know. And that's not, a, I don't know. Like people are going to think I'm knocking the ACC and people are very defensive of the ACC. However, it is why crazy that Pitt was a 500 <laughs> team and that's the best the Coastal could do last well, year. Well, and the thing is like, there's a lot of teams in transition this year. There's some promising, you know, teams like North Carolina seems to be on the upswing. Louisville seems to be on the upswing, et cetera. But like, it's it's a little bit of a hot mess right now. And, and you know, <laughs> what is that stat that was on Twitter the other day about the coastal like a thousand plus yes, possibilities or whatever? It. Did you yes. see that? I, yeah, it was like, yeah, it was like uh, over a thousand possible finishes in the coastal. <laughs> um, the coastal is wonderful. That's incredible. But I, I also love this year that the Atlantic has sort of the, the team's not named Clemson. And I know people are probably tired of me talking about this, but it's still true that every other team in the ACC is essentially the coastal. I mean, what Wake did last week was very coastal. Oh, like, sure. What Wake did to like go to Virginia Tech when everyone's high on Wake and they're feeling good and lose, like that's the most coastal thing you could do. Like the moment people start paying attention to you in a positive way, you're going to go like fall on your face in the mud. <laughs> um, everybody's the coastal man. There's just, I, I you know, yeah. I don't know what's going to happen. It is truly the most, it has to, Nicole Auerbach says this all the time. I work with her at The Athletic. She said, like, it has to be the most entertaining division in all of sports. There's just no way that there's a division that's more that's, zany. That's the, the thing. And, like, people dump on it, and I get it. Like, it's deserved, especially this year, um, just because of the, but it's not like the other teams in the Atlantic besides Clemson are that much better. Right. Like, <laughs> Yeah, that's to me, to me. That's what makes a good division is you turn on your TV every day and you have no clue what's going to happen. And you could also make the case, and I might, that like the two worst teams in the league are in the Atlantic. Um, but like it's tough. It's tough yeah. to say because really, well, Georgia Tech, I guess. But and we're gonna get to them because yeah, they they seem to be on the upswing. Um, but yeah, that's yeah, Clemson Wake is just not gonna be what we thought it was gonna be. But all Clemson can do is sort of get to halftime, run some stuff they want to try out. You know, like that's what I tried try to tell state fans with um, like the fourth down play in the second, you know, in the second quarter. I was like, dude, they're probably just trying something out that they want to use in a game situation with their first string because like that's where they're at right now. Yeah. I mean, it gets to the point where, you know, we made such a big it was so fun to watch John Simpson, the Clemson O-lineman score that touchdown. It was like the first touchdown of his entire life. Um, He's wonderful. And so that was like a cool moment. He is so wonderful. Oh my gosh. I'm going to miss him so much. He is just such a gem. But they had been practicing that for like three weeks. I mean, at some point it's like, okay, we got to actually legitimately try this. And 
you know, I under, I can see how opposing fans might not love to be the guinea pig, but at some point, if Clemson's going to play for bigger things, which it looks like they're going to, they got to try some of, the thing, some of these things out again in, in real settings, you know, in real yeah, life. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Um, glorified practices, but, you know, that's the where Clemson is and where everybody else is right now. <laughs> um, yeah. Th- that gets us to the Thursday night special, North Carolina at Pitt. Um, I mean, listen... Y'all's guess is as good as mine on how this game's going to go. Um, Larry Fedora no longer around to haunt the nightmares of uh, Pat Narduzzi, which remains one of the weirder coastal things that he never beat. Larry Fedora <laughs> and never lost to David Cutcliffe? Because sure. Um, oh, really? What an interesting stat. <laughs> yes. He never beat Fedora and never lost to Cutcliffe. Right. And, and In however many years Fedora was there? Yeah. And I believe that he gave North Carolina their only coastal wins in the last, or their only ACC wins in the last couple of years, too. So that was nice of him. Um. <laughs> Weird. What, 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 what did Larry Fedora have on this I, man? There is no. I, I think, like, and it's funny, like, I, I think um, <laughs> it's just hilarious to me that the coastal champs last year lost to North Carolina. Um, that North Carolina game. <laughs> yeah, that is actually pretty funny. But look, every North Carolina game essentially this year has played out the same way and probably will with the exception of Georgia Tech earlier this year and then Mercer next week in that it will come down to the end. And I don't know that you look at either of these teams and say that I would super trust them to win a game late. Um, Pitt's defense, obviously pretty good. Um, I don't trust their offense at all. Uh, North Carolina, I think... They got some guys back in the defensive backfield against Virginia, and that was, I think, a sign of some optimism for Carolina fans. But as Mac Brown pointed out, I mean, those guys hadn't played in a little while. They were still kind of getting their sea legs back. So maybe after a bye week, um, they'll be more ready and and more able to make plays in this game against a pit offense that has not been good at all. Um, And look, Carolina, if Carolina gets this game, I I put them, you know, they're in a bowl game. Um, and if they don't, it's going to come down to the NC State game at the end of the year. And regardless of how bad NC State's looked, like I don't think anybody wants that in right. Chapel Hill. <laughs> right, right. That game is, yeah, you don't want your entire season hinging on that game. But yeah, Pitt's still alive for the Coastal. I mean, North Carolina is, I think, technically, I think, maybe not. Yeah, so what's the, <laughs> who's al- who's alive currently? Virginia, Pitt, Virgi- what's up with Virginia? Is Virginia okay. Tech, uh, Miami. Um, I think with my, that's I so think weird. With North Carolina's head-to-heads, that's going to be a problem because they've lost now to Virginia and Virginia Tech. Um, so I think, I, I guess technically they're still alive because if they beat Pittsburgh, that would help. But like, yeah, I, I don't, <laughs> I think it would be tough if they got, if they got <laughs> in a cluster with like Virginia and Virginia Tech, I don't think that it would be super likely because they don't have the head-to-head on either of them. Um, so yeah, and it's hard to imagine... Um, and we'll get to them shortly, but like Virginia Tech has Georgia Tech next and like they already have three wins. So that'll give them four. And the most Carol. Yeah, I guess Carolina could get five, though. Oh, my God, this division. I can't. Right. I just I don't I, I can't either. I mean, I just I, I don't know. I, I now know like, OK, go ahead and make accommodations for Charlotte, which has been nice. Like I can go ahead and start making some of my travel plans earlier since Clemson clinches so early. I mean, to be fair, you, you, it is you could have made of, them weeks know. ago, like really. <laughs> but. Honestly, I could have made them probably at the start of the season. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, I mean, once they got past some of like, once they got past, like once Wake looks like they did, and then once Wake dropped a few, you knew that was probably likely to be all but clinched. But yeah, that's Carolina Pitt. I mean, it's going to be interesting. I'm, I'm excited to watch the game because Lord knows Carolina has been a lot of things this year, but one of not one of them is boring. That is the truth. 
Yeah, they are one of the more entertaining teams to watch, for sure. Yeah, and Pitt's been entertaining in their own right, but not in good ways. Um. <laughs> so yeah, it'll be in- it'll it'll be interesting. The to see brand what Sam is strong. <laughs> God, they and it was funny. Like at the beginning of the year, I was like, "Wow, everything Pitt has done has largely made sense," and I don't know what to make of this. And then they like went out and lost to Miami and almost lost to Georgia Tech, and I was like, "There's Pitt." Okay, um, that's it's more. <laughs> There's the Pitt we yeah. know and love. Um, and they're they're in a bad situation too because they don't have they have they don't have head to heads on Virginia or Miami. So, um, oh yeah, I guess they still have to play Virginia Tech. Um, so then that's a big one too. But so is this. I mean, they're all big ones and small ones all at the same time, really. <laughs> right. Whoever goes essentially is basically just going to be the sacrificial and, lamb for the coastal. Yeah. And, you know, just the offering. Early on, like people from Carolina were like, "Oh, I'd love to see Clemson again," and I keep saying, "You would not." No, you would not. Yeah, I don't think they do because, right, I don't know. I could just see – well, first of all, Clemson has, like – Clemson is still not thrilled with the narrative that the North Carolina game is still out there. I mean, like every single week, North Carolina comes up in some capacity at Clemson, which is – I've never really experienced that before where a game, however, like almost two full months ago is still being talked about every single week. Oh, so they're mad, yeah. I could see Clemson – yeah, and they just they don't like the they don't love the the rhetoric that it, from Clemson's perspective it's like okay we played one bad game you know we beat the rest of our opponents by thirty like they they don't love that that the North Carolina game has defined them as as intently as it has you know so I I could just see a Clemson team if they got North Carolina again just ready to just absolutely hang seventy on them and move on yeah. Yeah, I don't know that they would even take their foot off the gas that early in that one. Um, <laughs> it would be bloody. So, yeah, no, I don't think you want to see them. Uh, nobody does, though. Like you said, I don't. There's really not. Maybe Miami could give them some issues with their defense, with their defensive personnel, because they do have a really talented defense, and Jaron Williams is figuring things out. But that's honestly the team that I look at the most. Like that's the only team that I can see. Maybe Virginia Tech for like a hot minute. That's it. That's it. That's the list. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's it. Like Virginia. (laughs) That's the Virginia's defense is just too banged up right now, and Pitt's offense is too limited. So (laughs) that's the list. Do you think? Okay, let me ask me. Let me ask you this. Do you think if you could field an all-star team from the coastal and they could play Clemson, who do you think wins? Oh man. I so Clemson I think still wins, but I do like oh gosh. I it would be interesting to me to see if the Coastal and I think the Coastal actually could maybe do this to like piece together a decent offensive line um with the All-Stars and like that's what would intrigue me is like let's see a Sam Howell or a Bryce Perkins play behind an offensive line that can give them time and like give them the best weapons they could have. So like like a Daz Newsome and like throw in like a uh, Hassis Dubois from Virginia who's had a really good year. Um, you know, I, I could see like some pieces being enough to like trouble Clemson, but that's it still. <laughs> Just trouble them. Not that would actually be really fun. I'm about to call the ACC and be like, how much do I have to pay you for this to happen? I would love that so much. No, I really would. It would be awesome. Um, <laughs> and I, I, well, I've actually been advocating that Cam Akers be given an exemption and like be allowed to play behind a good offensive line for like one game. Oh my gosh. I, it, it is, I, I feel so bad for him. He's just way too talented for the offensive line they have 
given him. He will never like he will end his Florida State career as probably their most underappreciated running back um, just because of what he's had to deal with yeah. around him. And it's it sucks. But um, I would give him an exemption for that game. Like you let Cam Akers be the running back from the Coastal and uh, go from there. Because um, really, I think most of, the, yeah. most of the best running backs are in the Atlantic anyways. So um yeah, let 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 yeah, that's probably get it get a good coastal quarterback in there and a, and Cam Akers and a decent enough O line, some good wideouts. Um, maybe you you could probably piece together a pretty solid defense as well with some of what the coach. You really got. could, yeah. But I, but again, I still think like they would only merely trouble Clemson and not not beat them. <laughs> yeah, that's that's fair. But I mean, Clemson's entire second string could probably go be starters somewhere else. Yeah, and look, I mean. You know, we, we I don't want to get too into the weeds on like an Alabama, but the last two elite teams Alabama has seen, they looked beyond their depth from the majority of both games. And that was Clemson last year and then LSU this year. Um, so like Clemson is just that far ahead of everybody else, really. <laughs> yeah, they're, the depth that Clemson has is probably something that I, I mean since I, I see these guys every day so I don't re- I just kind of look at them like oh that's you know Lynn J Dixon the backup running back and then you look up and you're like okay Lynn J Dixon just crossed a thousand career rushing yards as a sophomore behind Travis Etienne like that's crazy it's it's completely insane yeah um speaking of Cam makers that gets us to the noon game on Saturday um <laughs> Alabama State at Florida State uh, with Florida State about to get to a bowl, I guess, because I think this is the, fir- the first FCS <laughs> team they've played. Um, oh, is yeah. it really? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, they played um, like Louisiana something and almost lost at home, but they didn't. Uh, but they're FBS. So, yeah. Wow, that feels like so long ago. Like, it, I was not expecting what happened last week to happen with Florida State, but good on them for getting to a bowl. And I know they really love Odell Haggins. Um and yeah, I mean, like as bad as this all has been with like firing Willie Taggart and everything else, at least they can salvage something decent out of this for Cam Akers because he deserves that. He really does. I mean, imagine too, like you're uh, just even five years ago, the version of uh, us five years ago, just telling yourself like, yeah, in five years, you're going to get on a podcast and you're going to talk about Florida State being lucky to become bowl eligible. Like that is just so nuts <laughs> that like Florida State becoming bowl eligible is going to come down to Alabama State on Saturday and I don't know I feel like I'm living in an alternate universe right now well and I mean I've talked about this on this podcast before but I think this is not to say the ACC isn't actually bad because it is but like the ACC has such a perception issue too with like its name programs being down and Florida State is probably the biggest culprit in that definitely so you know I mean it doesn't help that no one else is actually all that good but like that is a that hurts you know that's not I mean if you remember even three years ago like Clemson Florida State and Louisville those three games decided that you know Lamar Jackson Deshaun Watson I mean that was like not that long ago when those games are okay you have to win this to get to the AC championship and this is going to be a brawl and now it's just like okay you know let's try to I don't know I now it's like they're losing by 30 instead of 40 you know I don't know yeah like now getting a win over Clemson and I talked to Corey Clark on this podcast from um uh Tom or from uh War Chant sorry not Tom Hog Nation War Chant um a couple weeks ago about Willie Taggart and stuff and as he pointed out accurately nowadays it's a win over Clemson to like not have one of the coach's kids in the game before the fourth quarter 
So, <laughs> yeah, seriously. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, even this past week, I think um, someone was giving Dabo a hard time about it because his son will. I think now holds the Sweeney family yes. record for receiving yards in college. <laughs> I saw that tweet. Yes, I'm. I'm sure there's at least a little part of Dabo that that's bo- that bothers him, but probably not. Like I'm sure he's just more happy for his kid. But the competitor in him, I'm sure, is like, man, <laughs> dang it. I know. Um, yeah. So that I mean, there's not much else to say about Florida State, Alabama State, really. Um, 3.30, we've got Virginia Tech at Georgia Tech. Like, if this... Okay, if a true coastaling is upon us, we all know what's going to happen. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yes, we do. We do. It, Georgia Tech will win in, like, the last minute or something. Right. And look, I mean, Georgia Tech, and I think you might even say this having seen them in the first game of the year, their defense is better than it would appear from the numbers. Um, they just... Their offense was continuously putting them in terrible positions. And... Now their offense is like showing semi signs of life and like a coherent passing game, which I mean, to be fair, they were doing it against a Virginia defense that was down 60 B's, but still like that's, I don't good grief. Is that how many it was? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's not good. But, um, you know, I, I, and like, is there a letdown factor after a Bud Foster day for Virginia tech? I mean, that that's all in play here. Like, um, Boy, like it's on a tee for the Hokies right now. Like it really is. It's all, I'm not going to say control your own destiny because, you know, like I've said on the show before, Chip Kelly schooled us on that. You can't control your predetermined set of events um, for your life. (laughs) And I was like, man, he's right. Yeah. (laughs) Blew my mind. Yeah. That's, I mean, that is actually like very philosophical. I know. And I was like, huh. Yeah. He's right. You can't. If it's predetermined. Which is what destiny literally mm. means. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's. Oh my gosh. Wow. I never thought about it like I that. I had not like, either. De- yeah. Like, <laughs> like destiny is fate and fate is already. It, wow. I feel, wow. I know. I'm not, I feel a lot uh, like I need to go back to philosophy class at North Carolina and go get an A or something. Oh my gosh. Well, uh, yeah. I took a couple of those. I took like a philosophy math class. That was like a logic class because I was like, ooh, it's not actual oh. math. I ended up having to drop it after like my first two classes because I was like, I don't understand how to do this, um, which is me. And- I hated my philosophy class. Really? Inter- I took like an intro. Yeah. Um, I took making sense of ourselves and I made oh, no. no sense of anyone and I- it was horrible. <laughs> philosophy is a... I had no clue what was going on on any given moment because the, the, the professor just got up there and lectured and just just kind of like stream of consciousness for an hour. And then we would leave and be like, what did he just say? That sounds like a philosophy professor, to be honest. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he played the part well. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's a big one for the Hokies. They need to get that one. And I'm sure Georgia Tech would love to play spoiler if they could. But we'll see. I'm not super, as coastally as that would be, I'm not super optimistic about their chances there. So yeah. I guess maybe Virginia, Virginia, yeah, I would agree with that. Virginia Tech, regardless of the fact that they haven't, they don't have a lot of great stuff on their resume, could potentially sneak into the top twenty-five if they win this. Maybe. What's their overall record? Six and three. Okay, 
That's better Maybe. than I thought it was. <laughs> well, yeah, because like, you know, and I, uh, I had Norm Wood on on Monday and we talked about this, but like, that's, you know, it, everyone remembers that Duke game and how could you forget? And like, they're viewing their program through that lens now, like before and after Duke, essentially. Um, and after Duke has been way different because that's when they put Hendon Hooker in and the offense changed. So, you know, but before Duke, it was a hot mess. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just remember it feels like not that long ago where our Virginia Tech writer at The Athletic was trying to figure out, okay, how am I going to creatively write about this hot mess express? So he just went and sat he he went and sat in the stands and watched a game with the fans to like really immerse oh, himself I in remember the experience. This. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember thinking I mean, because you're just so locked in on the team that you cover. Like, I just feel like I'm just Clemson all the time. And I remember thinking, is Virginia Tech like this awful? Where like things are falling apart already? And I don't know. Weird. Yeah, Justin Fuente just sort of changed the approach, apparently, and and decided to crack down. Um, and like, okay, we're going to be a good football team now. And they have obliged. And I'm, I'm kind of glad because no one wanted to see Bud Foster go out like he was going to go out. Sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, that's, they better not let down because Georgia Tech isn't going to mess around, especially at home. Like that's just a tricky spot. And they, I mean, to be fair, it's against Paul Johnson. So like it's a different Georgia Tech, but they have not had success against them in recent years at all. So, um, it's, I don't, I'm not saying I'm going to watch any of it, but (laughs) it could be interesting. (laughs) Georgia, Georgia Tech's a tough watch, as you know, Georgia Tech's a tough watch. Oh my gosh. Oh, such a tough watch. That first game with Clemson, I honestly felt like I was watching a like a scrimmage. I mean, yeah, it was it was brutal. Yeah, there it's a multi-year rebuild in uh, the ATL as I'm sure Jeff Collins would want me to refer to it as. Um <laughs> I don't know if you knew they're in Atlanta. Like that's been a big it's been a big thing. Um I'm like trying to get a good read on him and I just feel like I can't. I know. I've been like saying a, that all year, too. Like, I, I feel like I have a decent re- on all but like him and Bronco Mendenhall. Like, those are the only two coaches that I feel like I don't have a super good read on in the ACC. And maybe Scott Satterfield, because we're still getting to know him a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Like with Collins, I'm like, OK, are you I don't know. Are you like Atlanta, like city slicker, you know, the, the 404, that kind of thing. Or are you like, I'm going to eat Waffle House every morning and live and, and, and like listen to Outcast country? Yeah. 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 I don't, I don't know. I can't, I can't get like a good, I don't know. And like, I mean, I do like his hats though. I will say that. Yeah. And he, he's like, I've, he's like a skinny Frank Caliendo to me, Um, (laughs) which every time I see him, I think about that and like wonder if he does like a John Gruden voice or something. That's Um, amazing. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be tough to get a good sense of his personality in a year like this anyway, because like, you know, it's just, it's been so tough for them, but. Right. Um, and like, we're going to get to NC State in a minute, but like, that's a game coming up for State um, that looked way better a few weeks ago and now not so much. And yeah, oof. Like, we thought that State and Carolina would be playing with five wins each, maybe with like a bowl on the line. And I don't know that State, it's possible State doesn't even get there, but we'll see. Yeah. Who um, do they have this week? Yeah, they have Louisville. Um, okay, and that's the that's the Ooh, yeah. I don't know that I'm picking state on that one. Yeah, I'm not. I don't think I can. Just there. I mean, you saw them in person, and, and as good as you know Clemson is, I'm sure you know you've you've seen Clemson play a lot of different teams, and I'm sure you can probably differentiate between 
like how good and bad various opponents like Clemson has have faced are. And I would imagine they rank pretty low on the list. Yeah, they're pretty low on the list. And but Louisville just felt like I mean, you know, this it just feels like they're leaps and bounds ahead of where anyone thought they would be. So um, I think you're looking at two teams kind of on different ends of the spectrum there. Yeah, I, I would I think I would take Louisville. Yeah, Louisville. I think one thing we know about them um, against teams not named Clemson is that they're going to put up points and they've got guys to do that. And it's just really tough for me to see NC state being able to keep pace with that offensively. Like they just have shown no signs of being able to do that. And they're so banged up right now. Like they could, they could afford like very few injuries, if any, and they have had all of them. And it's just tough to imagine them keeping this super close. The the one advantage they have, I guess, is that it's at Carter Finley at night, but like, will anyone be there? Oh, it's um, a night game? Probably. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Night game. And car- it's the ACC network night game. Yeah. Ugh. I Ugh. really want to like, I was thinking about this the other day. I would, I want to meet the, the person who makes the timing decisions. Like why on earth was Clemson NC state a primetime game on ABC? Like, I just don't understand. So to be things. fair, unless they had flexed it, what I think part of the rationale was, was like state, State hadn't looked good, but they were coming off a bye week going into the weight game. So the bye week is, I think, when that was scheduled. And I think the thought process was probably like, okay, like State will get it turned around because I kind of thought that. And like it's a night game in Carter Finley, like weird things happen there, as we've seen. Um, And maybe like, who knows, like maybe something crazy happens. And yeah, no, just no. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no. <laughs> well, and the the thing is too, like teams are always going to need help from Clemson. Right? Yeah, they are. And they definitely are. They're they're not giving it to them. Right, right, right. I mean, even when even when Trevor's throwing picks, it's like you still you still can't overcome that without a lot of other external factors that are just not they're just not possible. No, it's it's but yeah, I think that's why that was at night. But I was surprised they didn't flex it because I flexed it in my own mind. Like I was like, well, I'll go to that game if like state um, plays well against Wake and they played terribly. So I'm like, okay, yep, that's my decision is made. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I thought Um, they might put Clemson Wake in in prime time, but they put it at 330, which makes sense. And now obviously it's not super hyped up anymore so 330 definitely makes sense but that was one the i thought spurt, might be the sports writer purgatory time uh. Ugh, i know <laughs> i know <laughs> oh god because it's like it's like i know <laughs> I, I feel so crotchety i know but it is like i mean i've actually come around on night games because i used to just like those and then like um i've covered night games like when, the last time i covered football games the last couple of times and it's so nice to like have a day with my family and then like not have to leave until like five o'clock like that's wonderful you you know and then a noon game at least you're back in time for like dinner and you know, I can see my kid before he goes to bed, but like three thirty is like you're leaving after only a few hours in the morning, and you're you know you're my kid's in bed when I get home. So <laughs> yeah, I'm a big fan of noon. I w- I'm so jealous of all the um, Big Twelve writers that get eleven a.m. Oh, I would kill for eleven a.m. I feel like that might be in our future, especially like I mean, it's we've seen more of those, and like some teams have played them this year. I, I feel like that's in our future. Um, I would totally be down for that because that just frees yeah. up even more of your evening. Like then you can go meet people for dinner and like have a nice evening. <laughs> yeah, definitely. 
and and like this goes for fans too by the way like this isn't just you know it's not just us whining about this right um, exactly oh yeah i have i have friends that are big clemson fans or clemson graduates and they they were like yeah my body can't really handle these night games anymore like they were like we've got work on monday morning and recovery is just a little hard now um i i have to say this before we get to the last game like um I know there's ACC basketball the weekend of the ACC championship game and no offense to uh, Brad Brownell and company, but obviously they don't care as much about if they miss a game. I don't even know if they play that weekend, but like um, I know they just flexed Virginia, North Carolina to Sunday at 4 p.m. for basketball Uh, or other way around. Sorry, North Carolina at Virginia. But I just, you know, it's still a tough situation. Like, say Virginia gets to the title game, it, you're still asking people to make a tough choice. Like, you're asking them to go to Charlotte for a night game on Saturday night, and it's like I think a five-ish hour drive to Charlottesville. So you're mm-hmm. asking them to like wake up first thing and basically go to the arena, like <laughs> if you want them to do both, you know, like or if yeah. they want to do both. So yeah. this isn't even a media thing. And then also, it, like if it's Virginia Tech, Virginia Tech plays Duke, um, I believe, on Friday night. Um, if I'm not mistaken, at Duke yeah. or at and Virginia like, Tech? No, it's at Virginia Tech. So uh, <laughs> you're asking at like, Duke would make sense because then you could go Durham to Charlotte, right? But like, the, you're asking people to make a tough choice there too. Like, yeah, you know, you can do both feasibly, but I, I just think I I don't like it because to me, I think it takes away from like what's supposed to be your marquee event. Um, but you know. No one asked me and they they keep like gently correcting me like behind the scenes when I say <laughs> these types of things like they're like, well, Lauren, we because initially it was a Saturday or Sunday tip to, like for Virginia, Carolina. And I'm like, you can't play that on a Saturday. Like, that's not fair. You know, like that's yeah. a huge game. You know, why would you have that on the same day as your ACC title game? But they're not. Um, they'll have it the next day, the next afternoon. Um so it's whatever, but it's just, I, I, I don't, I don't understand it. Um, TV money and all that, I guess, but you already have the reputation as a league of like a league that favors basketball. Um, right. I don't feel like right. this helps. This doesn't, this doesn't super help. No, it does not. They, yeah, they should listen to you more. I've been saying that for years. I still want the coastal, <laughs> the coastal seven way tie is still my dream because like I th- <laughs> they, I, I think it used, they, they were going to have to do a draw like a drawing and I like my goal in my life was for that to happen and for me to figure out a way to be there for it. Oh my, like um, real, like legitimately they would just do a drawing. Yeah. Like if all the tiebreakers didn't work themselves out. Yeah. That would be incredible. I want that so much. Like, Oh my gosh. I, before I depart this earth, like that's the thing I that want would be have. amazing. Yeah. Okay. I didn't know that that was on my bucket list until now. And it now is I'm, I'm going to like grab some popcorn and, I want them to do it like I would want them to do it like Ryan Seacrest style, you know, like on American Idol where like the or like the NBA, the draft lottery, you know, where you go like in reverse. Oh, yeah. So you're like team number seven, you know, it's Miami. And it's like, oh, my God, what? You know, that would be (laughs) so fun. Oh, my gosh. Seriously, I want that so much. I'm so happy you just told me about this because, wow, I now know what my hopes and dreams are for the next however many years. You're going to need to pass this along to fellow Coastal Division aficionado Nicole Auerbach as well because I'm oh, sure she'll I wonder be if she knows. 
She might, because I know she follows Patrick Stevens' uh, D1S course on Twitter, a must-follow if you're into college sports, um, who is the faithful number cruncher of all of the various scenarios. Um, and he sort of alerted me to these rules, and then I look it up, and I'm like, yes, 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 please make Holy this happen. Um, I need this in my life. Um, yeah. we, need Georgia, we need Georgia Tech to be a little bit better, and then like we have a shot at it. Um, and I want it so much. So I would pick you um, to do the drawing. I really think you'd be fit for that. <laughs> oh my god, no! Like y- no one else would. Uh, there apparently they're supposed <laughs> to have like de- designated representatives, like to pick things out. It's gonna, it would be like a whole to do. But I just you have to put that in ACC Network. Have like Mark Richt do it or something, um, and just yeah. Like who would not trust Mark Rick to do that? Oh I my gosh, I would. Yeah, I mean, like sell tickets, make it a dinner, make it like a big, big like gala or yes. something. I would totally go. Dramatic music, like the whole shebang. Oh like, my gosh, I want all of it. I had no idea that was a thing. I want like shots, live shots of the teams. You know, all of it, all of it. We have the facilities to do this now. Like live shots, we of really all the teams do. Waiting to hear it, like almost like NCAA selection Sunday. Yes. So this is my dream. Let's make this happen. Football gods, please. And thank oh you. My uh-huh. God. <laughs> and sp- speaking of, speaking of like <laughs> sadness and um, yeah, that gets us to the, the la- well, it's not the last game. This is four o'clock ACC network. Um, the best, by the way, the best thing ACC network does is properly time their games out um, because they have a yes. four o'clock and a seven, and a seven thirty. Um, so yes, they understand. This is um, in the running for worst game of the year. Uh, Syracuse at Duke. Oh, oh gosh. Boy. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, I got, I got yikes thoughts on that. <laughs> Syracuse, um, probably the worst team in the ACC, right? Besides, maybe even like, I mean, maybe even worse than Georgia Tech at this point. I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I, you can make an argument for it. Yeah, and it's it's but at at Duke it's so bad right now that like the beloved our beloved grandpa David Cutcliffe is grumpy. Um that's really sad. Yeah, I was talking to some of my friends who cover Duke like they were saying it's the, you know, it's the grouchiest they've ever seen him um these last couple weeks and I mean I get it like it just hasn't been good offensively they're probably going to need to make some changes. Um, which is something that Cutcliffe hates to do. Um, even when they probably needed to do that with Scotty Montgomery, what they did instead was like David Cutcliffe lobbied to get him the ECU job, right? So um, he just, he's a loyal guy and he doesn't like to let people go. But, um, and they have personnel issues, but like Zach Roper and the offense, it's just it's not, it's not clicking. It's not working right now. Um, I actually think their defense has been good, um, good to fine. And, but like this is just not, it ain't working um, offensively for them right now. Ugh, it's real bad. Can you imagine too if Syracuse gets their first conference win at Duke? I mean, like yes. this, I don't know. <laughs> just like, like I we're mean, looking oddly, at the yes. like, November sixteenth, and this team is still looking for conference win number one. This is a team that was like the only other ACC team ranked coming into the year. And I, I'm guilty. I did it. I ranked them. Um, I th- yeah, I thought, I mean, I, I think, yeah, everyone thought that they were what? They were like top 15, weren't they? 
Uh, I think they were in the 20s. I thought they were in the 20s, 20s but okay. maybe, yeah, maybe 19 at the height. I don't know, but they just, oof, they're real bad. Man. I mean, there's not. They have just been so bad. Yeah. And like, you know, it, their offense has been the, the biggest issue, but then you have to fire your defensive coordinator midseason. Um, well, not quite midseason, but close to it. And then I, I have a hard time seeing what's the over under in this 54. How? Who's scoring that many? Oh my god! Jeez, is that what it is? It should be lower, honestly. Yeah, it should. Like neither. I don't think either of these teams are going to have a super easy time scoring points. By the way, Duke, who is super offensively challenged right now, just lost its starting center for the year. So, oh no, yeah, yeah. And Syracuse. I mean, you know, for all their issues, Syracuse does have a good D line. So that's certainly that's why I could totally see Syracuse getting their first ACC win. Um, and Duke has to win this to have any shot of making a bowl, um, which I don't think that they'll do. But I said that last year, too. And look what they did. I, I still think, though, that like Daniel Jones obviously has a higher ceiling than Quentin Harris. So, you know, uh, I just I, it's hard for me to see like this is going to be probably the worst game of the year. Syracuse NC State, I think, holds that title right now. But this is a close second. <laughs> yeah, this just yeah, I, I, I don't know. I want to. I wonder how many people will even bother going. Honestly, well, I mean, no offense to you know, Duke's its own entity, right? Like small private school, not a lot of local alums, et cetera, et cetera. Like they have different sets of circumstances than a lot of teams do in this league. But at the same time, they don't show up when they're good. So, <laughs> like, do they? Yeah, I've only been to one game there. I don't know anything about really the Duke football fan base. Are they just kind of like? Hit or miss. The ones who are ride or die. I would rather save their money for basketball. Well, yeah, I mean, but like Cameron only seats like 9,000, you know, I mean, True. when you think yeah. about it, like, but they do, you know, obviously they're more interested in basketball and they have more of a national fan base in basketball as well. And, and in general, I mean, not a lot of their alums stick around here. Um, so it's not a super easy task to ask a bunch of Duke alums to come back for, you know, a Duke football game anyway. And yeah, obviously they're devoting most of their energy to basketball because historically it has been a waste of energy to devote any energy to Duke football. But obviously David Cutcliffe has done a lot to change that. It's just not. I mean, I still have a lot of faith in him and he's going to coach there as long as he wants to, as he should. But uh, it hadn't been him and great. <laughs> it hasn't been a very good yeah. year for them. And I feel the same way about Dino Babers. I, I think he's a good coach and I think they'll get things figured out, but boy oh boy has this been a tire fire of a year for them yeah i mean especially with dino too you look at you know he's a guy that at the beginning of the season you're thinking okay he's probably gonna move up here soon you know Uh, i mean i've i've heard i've seen people on twitter who still think that florida state should hire him and i think he's a good coach and i know Dabo really likes him and he very much seems like a player's coach but i don't know how i really like him too um yeah but yeah that's a tough sell right right now Right, um, oh, and whatever it, in the conference, oh, and five. Yeah, and just nothing has been good, nothing at all. And then you get blown out by a terrible Maryland team, just a, a number of bad looks for this team. Um, that was probably, like, in hindsight, that was probably the beginning of, you know, like, the writing maybe should have been on the wall in, in I real honestly time think, I, I think that, and maybe throw Duke-Virginia Tech into that mix, I think those were two of the biggest, like, games in terms of harmful to the perception sure of the league like because yeah i mean you can't you can't do that you can't you can't get blown out like that by maryland and then have maryland turn out to be terrible and then 
yeah, uh, just nothing good. And you can't, it's hard to rebound from that, you know? It um, is. Yeah, but, all right. Well, um, enjoy your 3.30 game and getting to an early bedtime. Uh, tell people where <laughs> they can find you in case they, in case they somehow don't already know. The best place to find me is just at theathletic.com and uh, Clemson has its own page. And then, you know, like everyone else, I'm on Twitter and I, that kind of stuff. But yeah, The Athletic is your one-stop shop for all all your bundling sports needs, I suppose. I need to get better at this pitch. That was horrible. <laughs> no, it's great. You guys do great stuff, different kind of stuff. And, and I've, I enjoy it as a subscriber. Um not just because a lot of my friends work there, but <laughs> it doesn't hurt. <laughs> um, but I also really like the content. So, uh, all right. Well, thanks so much for joining us. Um, enjoy getting to bed at a reasonable hour. And we'll talk to you on down the line. And um, on to Alex making his weekly picks. Help me. You're falling? Yes. But you're not falling. You're in your high chair. You ready to pick I'm some falling. You ready to pick some games? So you can get your Oreos? Focus. Hey, UNC or Pittsburgh? A Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. I hug Pittsburgh. Aw, that's really nice. You always want to hug teams. Why do you want to hug them? Just because you're nice? Yes. Aw. Alabama State or Florida State? Alabama. I want to to hug Alabama. It's Alabama State. Does that matter? Alabama State or Florida State? It's not as good. Florida State. Florida State. Okay, yeah. I just want to make sure you knew it wasn't that Alabama. Wake or Clemson? Clemson. You love Clemson. I know that. I want to hug Clemson. (laughs) Yeah, I know you do, buddy. Virginia Tech or Georgia Tech? Georgia Tech. Wow, that would be a big upset. Okay. I want to hug Georgia Tech. <laughs> Do you just want to hug everybody? Syracuse or Duke? Duke. Those two teams need a hug. I can tell you that right now. Uh, all right, last one. Louisville or NC State? SDK. NC State, is that what you said? You sure? I want to hug NC State. Now, that's a team that needs a hug right there. Clemson doesn't need a hug as much as NC State does, so that's very nice. All right. Thanks. You want to say bye? Say bye to the podcast. Bye. Mommy, say bye. Bye. Say bye, podcast. Bye, podcast. Mommy, say bye, podcast. Bye, podcast. Bye, podcast.